We are so excited that you're with us this morning. My name is Jim Philbeck, and I serve as the Secretary Treasurer for the Minnesota District, and so it's with great pleasure today that we have an ordination service that's going to touch the hearts and lives of many people. And uh, I want to welcome all of you to this exciting morning. We are here to do important business. And I just want to just classify or clarify real quick. This is not just another day. These are people that have been called by God to do amazing things, to impact the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I like to call it kingdom business. What happens here today could have eternal ramifications. There's going to be people that will walk this stage that are going to plant new churches. There's going to be people that walk this stage that are going to be in different parts of the world as missionaries. There's going to be people that are going to go serve on staff of a church or maybe work at Teen Challenge or whatever it might be. God opens up doors because he has a call upon people's lives. So today really is truly kingdom business. This commissioning service is dedicated in its entirety to those who are receiving their credentials for ministry. We will begin the service by focusing on those who are getting licensed and certified. And then at the end of the service, we will be focusing on those that are getting ordained. Superintendent, Dean, the following candidates have completed the necessary preparation. They've passed their exams, which is always fun. They've had their interviews, which are even more intimidating. And they've been approved by the Minnesota District Credentials Committee. And then they've also been approved by the General Counsel Credentials Committee. So it is with distinct pleasure this morning that I want to present to you the candidates for those who are getting a ministry of certification and those that are getting licensed. Let's begin. Zina Abedou Bensi and her husband, Kweku. God bless you. Brandon Allison and his wife, Gianna. Danny Angulo and Robin Angulo, both of them are being licensed today. Emma Appleby. Brenda Arndt and her husband, Kelly. Amen. 
Congratulations, Brenda and Kelly. God bless you. Next, we have Love Asari and her husband, Philip. Shannon Belgard and her husband, Jonathan. Sonia Bindert and her husband, Isaac. Jillian Brewer and her husband, Kyle. Abigail Buto. Sidia Chinchilla. Sidia Chinchilla and her husband Joel. Jocelyn. Jocelyn Coleman. Rosie Delayden and her husband David. Kimberly Emraj. Tabitha Finton and her husband Stephen. Ann Fisher and her husband Jason. Flatiger. Nick Flatiger and his wife Natalie. Sarai Foss. Celia Gauthier and her husband Gregory. <laughs> Rochelle Gear. <laughs> Samuel Grosso and his wife Renee. Judith Vanier and her husband Max. <laughs> Dylan Hathcock. Victor Ilario and Wendelin Hawkins Calvo both are being licensed. Mary Johnson and her husband Roger.
Audrey Johnson and her husband, Philip. Hope Jordahl and her husband, John. Danielle Jewell and his wife, Amanda. Joshua Cackley and his wife, Robin. David Lahr and his wife, Kathy. Lowell Laudert and his wife, Maria. Ali Lamika and his wife, Elijah. James and Sharice Martinez, both of them are being licensed today. Yeah. Thomas and Emily Gabriella Matuzak, both are being licensed today. Jeremy Matvey and his wife, Chelsea. Brooke Maxwell and her husband, Stephen. Constance May. Jedediah McGuire and his wife, Sheila. Stacy Montgomery and her husband, Darren. Hunter Ochenbruns and his wife, Brittany. Ashley Olson and her husband Christopher. Jonah Farrow and his wife Mariah. Tirza Pinchikowski. David Sanchez and his wife, Ingrid. Alejandro Santiago.
Kirby and Miwa Sato are both being licensed today. There's always one in the crowd, we know that. Ryan Shockley and his wife Colette. Krista Seavers. Judah Sitzler and his fiance, Carly Johnson. Michaela Stevens and her husband, Daniel. Emma Joy Stolberg. Samuel Swenson. Kevin Taylor. Sinai Tao. Alicia Thomason. Darla Thompson and her husband, Keith. Carlos and Carolyn Vale, both of them are being licensed today. Mia Van Prosby and her husband Isaac. Karen Vlad. Aaron Wagner and his wife Tracy. Trevor Westhead and his wife, Tia. Charles Wilkes and his wife, Sandra. Todd and Sarah Willie, both of them are being licensed today. Dalton Wolf Weingart and his wife Lexi. Chu Chi Zong and his wife Shang. All right, we are now moving to the certified. That was all the licensed candidates right there.
Carrie Ankrum. Carrie Ankrum. Kaylee Bullion and her husband Aaron. Gary Flo and his wife Kristen. Megan Gilbertson and her husband Caleb. Tamara Gronseth and her husband Randall. Lisa Hendricks and her husband Reese. Jesse Jones. Brian Lay and his wife Allison. Andrea Miller and her husband Ted. Dora Chiarte and her husband Jorge. Nick Sanquist and his wife Maggie. Pa and Pahua Shong, both are being certified today. Wow. We knew it'd be crowded. Why don't we come? You could come this way a little bit, just fill in, and you're already packed back in there. It is uh, just uh, so fun to be together. We wanted to just spend a moment with you at the altar. And it's a little crowded. But we've been in a lot of crowded altars. We like it. Wow. Congratulations. What an amazing group. We've been so blessed as we've had the opportunity, the privilege of interviewing you. We are excited for you and excited to continue this ministry journey together. So today we recognize that you've been set apart for ministry and uh, we offer you 
credentials with the Assemblies of God. Candidates, let me also extend a personal word of congratulations to each of you. And we want to reiterate that we recognize the calling that God has placed on each of your lives. And those of you that are married, not just you as the candidate, but your spouse as well. You do ministry together. Your marriage will be a significant part of the influence that you bring into the lives of people. And so we look forward to seeing what God is going to do in and through you in the coming years as the Lord tarries. Now, having answered the call of God and completed the proper steps to prepare yourself for ministry, you now stand here to make solemn vows. And understanding the privilege and responsibility of this high calling and holy calling, will you pledge to live a life of integrity worthy of the calling that you have received? to live a clean and blameless life that will allow you to shine like a beacon in this dark and troubled world. And recognizing that godly leadership finds its basis and foundation as being servants, servant leadership, will you pledge to make it your practice to always look for ways to serve others and not find yourself looking for others to serve you? And recognizing the purpose and the power of unity, Scripture teaches that five can chase a hundred, and a hundred can put to flight ten thousand. And recognizing the dangers of isolating yourself, will you pledge to work together with your fellow ministers, holding them in high regard, so that the work of God will not be hindered? And finally, understanding that the work that God has called you to do can only be accomplished as he directs and as he anoints your abilities and talents, do you pledge to give yourselves fully, daily, to prayer and to the faithful preaching of God's word? Will you ask the Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit, to anoint you in everything that you do and you say? And if you will heed these charges, please answer, yes, with God's help, I will. Candidates. I give you the same charge that King David gave to his son Solomon as he stepped into leadership. So now I charge you in the sight of the assembly of the Lord and in the hearing of God, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God that you may possess this good land and pass it on as an inheritance. I charge you to serve God with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind our thoughts. I remind you that if you seek him, he will be found. Remember, the Lord has chosen you. The Lord has chosen you. Be strong and do the work. We wanted to just spend a moment, as I said, in the altars together. Mm -hmm. We believe it's a God-ordained holy moment, a moment of commitment, a moment of consecration, along with a, a moment of celebration, a holy moment. The altar is a holy place, a place that we make so many of life's most important decisions. The altar may be different in all of our lives, but this is certainly one of them here today. It's a place where we surrender. It's a place 
we lay our lives down before the Lord as Abraham laid Isaac down. We make room for whatever God would ask of us. We're going to sing together just one song, and we're going to just pray God's blessing over you today. Mm-hmm. Congregation, family, friends, would you just stand with us and uh, let's just w- join the worship team as they lead us, and uh, then you can join with us in prayer. But let's just let's just fill this room with just thanksgiving, praise, Hallelujah. recognition of the presence of God. Boy, you got to love that, huh? Beautiful. Yes. Well, even today as we celebrate those who are beginning their ministry journey, we also honor those who've paved the way for us. With great appreciation, we quiet our hearts to reflect on those who have led the church in decades past, those on whose shoulders we stand today. The following video presents those who have entered into God's presence in 2022. We invite family and friends to stand as their story is told on the video. You can stand when their name is called and be seated, and uh, we'd love to just honor them in that way. Here it is. We take a moment to remember those who have gone before us, who years ago made the same commitment many of you are making today as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jim Allen followed God's call to ministry and attended Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. There he also met the love of his life and married Fran on August 6, 1956. They pastored churches in Missouri, Minnesota, and South Dakota where he obtained a doctoral degree and served as presbyter for the South Dakota Assemblies of God District. Jim and Fran moved to Minneapolis in 1981 where Jim was the chair for the Bible and Theology Department at North Central University, where he served for close to 30 years. Jim impacted the lives of thousands of peoples and his pastoral spirit of love, kindness, generosity, and hospitality was evident in all he did. Tim Brown was called into ministry in 1982, the same year he married Tammy at Strawberry Lake in Northwest Minnesota. He continued his education at Berean Bible Institute receiving his theology degree, and he served as pastor at the Assembly of God Church in White Earth from 1995 until his passing. He enjoyed hunting, fishing, cutting wood, and tinkering in his garage, and loved spending time with his grandchildren. His legacy lives on in the lives of all of those he ministered to. Rita Erickson met Ray at Luther League in 1948, and they married in 1952. Over the next few years, they had four children with whom they shared their deep faith and love of family. 
She was a fearless traveler with her focus on sharing the love of God with everyone. She was a licensed pastor with the Assemblies of God, but she was a minister all her life. Rita was known for her positive outlook, unyielding support, and her uncanny ability to beat everyone at cribbage. She had a heart for missions and boundless love for her family, a family that grew with everyone she met. Shirley Dinez modeled perseverance, steadfastness, humility, the power of a consistent prayer life and staying true to God's word. She was married to Mark Dinez for over 61 years and they founded Emmanuel Christian Center. She was a credentialed minister, led 13 ministries at the church and counseled hundreds of women in her office. She prayed, read the word and always pointed people to Jesus. Shirley was a faithful intercessor and an encourager to many. She served the Lord, her family, and Emmanuel Christian Center for decades and is now reaping the benefits of a life well lived. Carolyn Gage was an accomplished typist and graduated from Canton High School in 1954 with honors. In 1955, she left home to attend North Central Bible College in Minneapolis. Clark Gage spent the summer of 1955 in Alaska as a part of an evangelistic team and enrolled in the pastoral studies program at North Central that fall, which happened to be the same year Carolyn attended. They were married June 8, 1956. Ministry brought them to West Virginia, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, where they pastored in Moorhead for 22 years. Alongside church ministry assignments, they produced numerous weekly radio and television programs. Carolyn became an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God in 1993, and seven years later, she and Clark served as missionaries in Moscow, Russia, pastoring and teaching at the local AG Seminary. They also served in the capacity of pastoral care for missionaries in all of Eurasia. They were both full of wisdom and mentors to many, touching the lives of family, friends, and fellow ministers everywhere. Jua Pao Her received his bachelor's degree in Vientiane, Laos, and in 1978, he met and married his wife, Zong Her. Their family arrived in America in 1982 as refugees, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior in 1984. Jua Pao and his wife planted Livingstone AG Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. He was elected as the president of the Hmong AG Fellowship and served from 2011 to 2015. In the last eight years, Jua Pao served as an associate pastor for Hmong Peace AG Church in Shoreview, Minnesota. With his leadership and influence, he made a mark in Minnesota and beyond. Roger Lang was a respected pastor, leader, mentor, and coach to countless people throughout his years. He had a passion for fundraising, and his book, Funded, became a staple to guide churches in their fundraising journeys. He raised over $400 million for the kingdom over the course of his career. Roger deeply loved his best friend and wife, Anne. Of 52 years, they served in churches in Nebraska, Iowa, and Minnesota. Roger was also the vice president of development at North Central University for 12 years. Roger never met a stranger and was passionate about seeing people reach their full potential in Christ. Maynard Lavallee attended Central Indian Bible College and then served as a chaplain at City Rescue Mission, a recruiter for the Bible College and an evangelist in the U.S. and Canada. He married Pauline in 1978 
and the couple was blessed with four children. When Pauline passed away in 2010, Maynard moved to Bemidji, where he later met and married Joni. He had a heart for winning souls and felt called to plant a church in the Red Lake Nation Reservation. With the help of many supporters, the church was planted and finished the day before Maynard's passing. Maynard's hobbies included working on old cars, driving around his classic cars, and spending time with his family. He is greatly missed by family and friends. Joe Martin attended Fair State University in Big Rapids, Michigan, and graduated with a degree in pharmacy in 1988. He then attended Trinity Bible College in Ellendale, North Dakota, where he earned a one-year Bible certificate. There he met the love of his life, Peggy, and they married on June 5, 1992. He worked as a pharmacist for 34 years and was always active in ministry. He enjoyed hosting Alpha courses at Emmanuel Christian Center, where he also served as a board member for seven and a half years. Joe was a devoted husband and a loving father to four children. Willie Raspberry grew up in Gary, Indiana, where he graduated from Roosevelt High School in 1973. It was during his high school years that he met and fell in love with his sweetheart, Deborah, whom he wed on July 30th, 1977. Willie gave his life to the Lord at Bible Way Church of God in Christ in 1977 and was a dedicated servant to Christ ever since. Willie and Deborah moved to Egan, Minnesota in 1988 and he spent the majority of his professional career as a computer systems analyst programming for various companies prior to retiring from Delta Airlines, then subsequently from the United States Postal Service. He was a founder and pillar of Spirit of Truth Church, where he served as assistant pastor, elder, and board member for many years. Anthony Richards was raised in Sydney, Australia. He was a loving and devoted husband to his wife of 23 years, Mandy, and father to Emma and George. In 2006, Anthony and his family took a significant step of obedience and moved to Minnesota. He had much success in the marketplace as a CPA, CEO, and marketing executive. He brought these skills and experience with him after receiving a call to pastoral ministry. He was hired at River Valley Church in 2012 and most recently served as the campus pastor of the Crosstown campus and as a strategic leader for the central office. Anthony was a generous person. He always looked to meet the needs in others' lives, both locally and globally. In energizing and lifting up people on missions trips, his heart for others came through. Those who were with him never came back the same. Chris Shorsh went to Lakewood Park Bible School, where she met the love of her life, Don. They were married in 1958. After graduation, Don and Chris pastored churches in North Dakota, Michigan, South Dakota, and Minnesota. They were married for 42 wonderful years and had three daughters. Chris was a woman of prayer. Her family and friends knew if they called on her with a prayer request, she would be on her knees seeking God. Chris showed unconditional love and accepted people as they were, and you immediately felt love when you met her. She was willing to serve others and care for people of all ages throughout her whole life. Lauren Smith attended North Central University and married Kimberly in 1980 and moved to Robbinsdale, where they started their family. It was not uncommon for him to find a new friend anywhere he went or have strangers over for a meal. He found any opportunity to talk about his amazing family and he handed down his love of cars, hunting, and helping others to his children and grandchildren. 
Known as the John Wayne for Jesus, Lauren lived a life unapologetic of his beliefs and demonstrated his values and love for God in everything he did. Lauren leaves behind his legacy of outreach to those around him. Frances Timms was the daughter of traveling ministers and part of a family wholly devoted to ministry. She learned how to serve in every capacity, preaching, teaching Sunday school, playing piano, preparing meals, cleaning, and visiting the sick, to name a few. She earned a full scholarship to attend Central Bible Institute in Springfield, Missouri, where she met her husband, Benjamin. They were married in Kansas City, Missouri on November 26, 1953, and moved to Minnesota to plant churches in Red Wing, Hastings, and Cottage Grove. Fran was known to her family as an incredibly hard worker. She became a licensed minister with the Assemblies of God and served tirelessly as a partner to Ben in the ministry. Larry Wagner Sr. met the love of his life, Cheryl, at the A&W Drive-In in Sisseton, South Dakota. He always said it was love at first sight and called her his little brown-eyed girl. They were married on April 20th, 1968. He worked at several co-ops and as a general handyman before working as an assistant manager at Firestone in Watertown, South Dakota. He later attended Trinity Bible College and graduated in 1996 with a degree in pastoral ministry and biblical studies. He then served as a pastor for 23 years, ministering in South Dakota, Iowa, and Clarkfield Assembly of God in Minnesota before retiring in 2018 when he moved to be closer to his new grandchild in Iowa. Rocky Woods made the decision to surrender his life to Jesus Christ as a young boy and spent his entire life pursuing that commitment. After graduating from Northwest College, Rocky served in pastoral ministry in various capacities throughout his life. He married Angela in 1978 and was widowed in 1990 when she died of cancer. Rocky married Colleen in 1991, and they were married for 30 years. His greatest joys were spending time with his family and sharing his faith with others. Rocky had an incredible voice and blessed many with his singing. He modeled strength in suffering, absolute confidence in God, and lived a generous and unselfish life. These 17 ministers were united in purpose to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ now it's our turn to carry on the same mission to which they devoted their lives until the day we are all united again. Well, we want to welcome those who are online as well. I know there are some that were not able to be here today. And uh, we just want to say welcome to you. This is a great day. I wish you could be here and sense the presence of God. I hope and pray you can even over the uh, internet. It is uh, just a special time to celebrate God's goodness over those who sit before us in each one in this room. Well, let me say it is always a privilege to stand before this great ministry family. There are a lot of preachers in the room. And most of them would say, you know what? The presence of God, I, I just give me the mic, Mark. Let me go. <laughs> You'll get your turn on Sunday. And uh, I'm so thankful for the privilege of this opportunity. Today, we receive newly ordained and licensed and 
certified ministers. And we say welcome. Welcome to a growing ministry family that celebrates your calling. Welcome. You've passed your tests. You've survived the interviews. It's all good. We have, uh, through this process, so loved spending time with you, hearing your stories. So today we celebrate with you and your families, your friends that are here and uh, those that could not be here. Well, let's get into it. I'm going to put a uh, screen on the slide that just kind of gives you the title of where we're going. God still speaks. God is building his church, and it is moving forward. His plans are moving forward. He's calling young and old, men and women, rural, urban, suburban. He is speaking and empowering us to accomplish things we could never do in our own abilities, in our own intellect, in our own strength. Our confidence today is not in ourselves. It is in the one who has called us. It isn't our calling, it is his. It is not our church, it is his. It is not our ministry, it is his today. The God who called you will lead you and empower you and equip you, guide you in the days ahead. The psalmist put it this way. Psalm 139 and verse 16, he said, Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. It's already written down. We've just got to hear his voice. We just have to listen, but God still speaks. We are not alone in life's journey. God knows the way. I love the way my friend Elton Garrison says it. He says, the Holy Spirit is an incredible communicator. We can hear his voice. There's not a day of our lives that he is not working in us, that he is not speaking to us. If we'll just follow and listen to the leading of his voice, there is truly no limit to what God can do. Some of us a little, those of us over 50, grew up with this magazine called the Pentecostal Evangel. Zechariah said it this way in the Old Testament, not by might, by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not us. It is the Holy Spirit. It's not you who are being credentialed today. It is God within you. You are his vessel, and he is ready to go if you are. Amos 3.7 says to us, it tells, talks to us about the way that God communicated to the body, to his believers, to the church in the Old Testament. It's, he says this, God does nothing without speaking to his servants, the prophets, that was the way God chose to speak and communicate to individuals through the voice of the prophet. And there weren't as many of them as there were opportunities to speak. There were prophets that God chose to speak through. In the New Testament, God pours out his spirit and he says, who will prophesy? 
our sons and our daughters will prophesy. All of us along the way were sons and daughters. He wants to speak to us and through us today. He doesn't hide his hand, his plans from his people. He's not into that. He's into revelation, into revealing himself, into making himself known. In the Old Testament even, he spoke. He made his way known. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He directed the wise men through a star. He spoke to Joseph in a dream. He spoke to Samuel with a still small voice. He spoke to Balaam through a donkey. There's hope for all of us. Heard a donkey's voice. He directed the Israelites with a cloud and fire. In the New Testament, he spoke to Paul, and he led him through a vision. And to Peter, he spoke while he was in a trance, praying. Interesting. God still speaks. New churches were planted this past year in Robbinsdale and Cannon Falls and all across this state because God still speaks. There's a new church at River Valley's planting a new campus in Chaskachan, has an area because God still speaks. We're hosting an international world mission summit at our little camp at Lake Geneva because God still speaks. We're sending missionaries to the ends of the earth because God still speaks. There are new ministers here today, new ministries that will be stepping forward because God still speaks. And here you are saying, yes, I hear the voice of the Lord. God speaks to us in this area. His heart is for salvation of the lost. It begins there, doesn't it? Do you remember when the Holy Spirit drew you to Jesus, began to convict you of sin? I was a nine, ten-year-old, went to, I don't know how I could be both, but I'm not sure which it was. I was a nine-and-a-half-year-old. Lake Geneva. It's a boys' camp. We didn't have kids' camp back then. It was boys and girls back in the 1900s. And... Uh, Lowell Lundstrom was preaching on the Ten Commandments, those ten jars. And some of you have heard me tell the story. He had a hammer, and my nine-and-a-half-year-old eyes just got bigger and bigger, and my heart pounded in me, and I just said, oh, finish it up, finish it up, mister, because I needed to get to an altar. I needed to respond to the Spirit of God. I needed to come to a place in responding to God's voice. It wasn't Lowell's voice alone. It was the empowerment. It was the voice of heaven. It was God speaking through man. The Holy Spirit has come to me time and time again in my life, drawing me nearer back, drawing me into his presence closer to the Lord, drawing me to repentance, to obedience, to purity. This is what God does for us and to us daily. On the day of Pentecost, the New Testament church was launched. As Peter stood and he preached, this is that. And he begins to quote the Old Testament. 3,000 responded hmm, to what? The call to repentance, salvation. And from that day forward, the Holy Spirit 
has been speaking to individuals through his prophets, prophetesses. In your calling and in your ministry, you will hear his voice even as you are ministering, ordained and licensed and certified. It was just a few weeks ago I was preaching on a Sunday morning in one of our churches. It was a missions convention. My assignment was to preach missions, and we're going to take an offering at the end of the service. That was the, that was the focus of the morning. But as we came to the close of the message, there was this other voice saying, give the call, give the call. And as I did, immediately there were hands that responded. God speaks to us. In the midst of our calling, he speaks to us in this area of salvation. This year we're praying for God to help us as a district to see 20,000 come to Christ. Salvation through the ministries of Assembly of God churches and through the churches and through its people. In 22, we grew from 12,000 to 14,000, kind of a bounce back, rebound, coming back year as we're coming through and out of that C word. I believe God is going to take us to 20,000. I can promise you at our camps, there will be an opportunity for your children and your students, your kids, to respond as a nine and a half year old did a few centuries ago to God's word and God's voice. And I would just beg of you to hear God's voice and where and when and how to offer that same opportunity to, to those that you minister to. Allow God's voice to be heard through your voice as you lead the ministries that you do lead. Let's share the good news of God's heart. At Watermark Church in Stillwater, go Jarvis, or whoever hooed. God began to birth a dream in a pastor, Pastor Jarvis, to, to reach more. He sensed God was telling him there's still untapped ministry that needs to happen in our city. It just so happens that they have two prisons and a county jail in their vicinity. And he, Jarvis felt the Lord nudging him to start a new campus on a prison. How do you do? I don't know. But God is still speaking. As he began to pray for the right people, he recognized there were prison guards, prison employees right in his own congregation. And uh, they began to get the heart of what he was sharing. Coincidentally, in Minsom, a student by the name of Corey. And Corey is a part of Stillwater Watermark Church, began to sense the Spirit of God speaking to him as well. And he will be the campus pastor at the prison. He, Corey, and his wife, as God is calling them. Wow, God just is so far ahead of us. We love playing checkers, and he's in the checkmate. He's just in a whole different realm. The new pastor is going to be Corey. God is creative. 
He's a God of detail. He's ahead of us. There's a lot of places that we don't have ministries in Minnesota. Yet. Yet. God is speaking. God is speaking. God will lead us. Listen to his voice crying and leading us forward for salvation. God speaks to us another area, and that is this area of the call of God. And it's so fun to talk about the call of God this morning because everyone's sitting in front of me here in the ordained and the licensed and the certified ministers. You've experienced what we're talking about, that that call of God has come upon your life. You've heard it. For me, it happened again back in another century at Summit Church in St. Paul. Go, Pastor. And uh, as I was there on a Sunday night, a, a student at North Central Bible College at the time, there was a message in tongues, an interpretation. As I stood just a couple rows behind this gentleman ahead of me who began to bring an interpretation from Ezekiel 22:40, that God was sought for a man to stand in the gap. God riveted that passage, that scripture to my heart. As I went home back to the dorm that night, we had one telephone on our floor. It was a pay phone. I had to get wait in line and get on it and called collect to my parents and said, Mom and Dad, I know why I'm here now. I know what God has laid before me as I began to share with him. My life began to change. My major had been totally fun and screwing around and messing it up. Did have fun. But I don't know that they had a major in that. I created that major. I have a lot of growing up to do. I, have, I still have growing up, a lot of growing up in Jesus to do. The Holy Spirit does not leave us alone. He does not call us and just leave us on our own. He guides us. He leads us. I had no idea at that point where life would take me, where I would go in my ministry journey. I would have the privilege of going to the Iron Range and going to Hibbing. I had no idea. All I'd just say, get ready for the ride of your life. That is exciting. There's nothing quite like doing what you are created to do, what God has already written in heaven that you will do. And as you listen to his voice, he will empower you to do. He's already written it. God is going to call some of you back to the Iron Range. Bless you. It's an amazing place. God is going to call some of you to the urban centers of our great state. How desperately we need you. God is going to call you to the remote areas where there is no Walmart or Target. Say yes. They've got a good dollar store or something. Say yes. God is going to call some of you to the ends of the earth, far from your family, far from everything that is familiar to you. Say yes. God is going to call some of you to plant a church. It's not an easy path. Place of hope. A few years ago, 
But God got a hold of a couple of hearts, the individuals named Carol Jean and Gary. Do we have a picture? I think we do of them. There they are. It's a couple of our heroes. I love the story, how God redeemed them. It's an amazing story. And uh, they said this, ever since, ever since we got saved, we just felt God's call into ministry. Right from the beginning, they just sensed God speaking to them. Gary tells about how as somebody was praying over him, Gary heard the words, the Spirit speaking about a storefront church, a storefront ministry in St. Cloud. They began to help the helpless and the homeless and the addicted, the forgotten, the broken, and the displaced. God has provided for them 25 years later place of hope has a place of impact and influence on the entire St. Cloud area as they minister to a forgotten people. The Holy Spirit has not forgotten anybody. If we will hear and listen to his voice and tonight, Carol Jean and Gary, they they have so many facilities. This is a second church, a second campus that they've opened up, and they're ministering there two places on Sundays. Tonight, they will have 210 housed in special uh, housing that God has provided for them in a warm, safe place. 60 of those 210 that they provide housing for will be children. Today... They provide, today and every day, they provide 500 vehicles, vehicles, vehicle, meals, get it out, 500 meals for those who are in need in St. Cloud. Today they have four major properties that God has provided for them to send ministry out of. Today they have 33 on their staff. They have a volunteer team every week of anywhere from 30 to 75. God called a couple of bikers. God spoke. Who knows where it all ends for Carol Jean and Gary. <laughs> Anything can happen as God continues to pour out his favor upon them. Hundreds of families are being influenced daily because they said yes. Hundreds of families that were forgotten, that were displaced. God speaks in one other area. Oh, he speaks in many other areas, but one other area I'm going to talk about, salvation, the call of God. And then an area that I'm going to just refer to this morning as the next. The next Joshua, chapter 1, verse 2. The time has come for you to lead these people. There's this thing that happens in our lives for all of us at some point called the next. The next. Before we go too deep there, let me just say don't be in a hurry to wrap up the now. Let's take care of what God has given us in the now. Don't rush. Don't forsake the now. Don't look for a parachute. Don't look for an exit door. Let's do the now. Embrace it. Be content. Don't look for the, the way out. No guarantee the now is going to be easy, that it's going to have a great paycheck or a paycheck at all. 
the now. Joshua, in verse 1, says, it said this about Joshua. He was Moses' assistant. Another translation says his guide. Another says his, or his aid. Another says his helper. Joshua had the privilege of spending 40 years in the now. What an incredible calling in life. But then he heard God speak these words. The time has come for the next, for the next. God speaks, and when he does, get ready for change. Get ready to just embrace the next. He's prepared you for the work. He's prepared the work for you. Get ready. Don't rush to now, but the next will come for each and every one of us. It's coming. Listen to God's promises and make them your own. God gave some incredible promises to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. I will give you everywhere you set your foot. God is not going to call you somewhere to something that you cannot do and not give you a promise, not give you his word to stand upon. So find it in the scripture. Find it in your place of prayer. Find the scripture, the voice, and hear the voice of God. Write it down. Hold on to it. Treasure it. Pray over it. Joshua hears God's voice. I will give you everywhere you set your foot. Some of you are called to hard places. I haven't met too many that are called to easy places yet. Some of you are called to very difficult places, hard places, seemingly impossible assignments. Overflowing river banks keep you from there. Walled cities keep you from going where God has called you. Walled cities with defenses that are built by the enemy to keep God's word and God's messenger and God's voice from being proclaimed. Some of you are called to that kind of place. God still speaks. I love hearing the story. As Pastor Denny tells it on our prayer and fasting days, Pastor Denny Curran, as God called him to River of Life in Cold Spring. A huge community of 4,000 people or so. As he was called there and he began to go with great faith and they rented the high school to have their services and the principal gets in his face immediately and says, if you step foot in this campus Monday through Saturday, your contract is canceled. Then I love hearing the story as he tells it of going as he went into the drugstore to put up his poster. There's a new church in town. God's doing something new. And the drugstore owner grabs him by the nap of the neck and leads him out. Little boy, get out of my shop. Don't come back. And then the banker talks to Denny and says, you can't do, you, if you're not of this faith, you can't do business here. I'm not of that faith and I'm a banker and I'm not going to make it. I'm telling you, you're not going to make it either. A lot of encouraging words he received early on. 
It didn't seem like God was giving Denny everywhere he set his foot as they marched him out of here and there. But when God speaks, don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Don't quit. 25 years later, Denny is finishing phase four. Phase four. Yes. A $7 million expansion, and they're paying just, a, just about every dollar of it cash. There are about $6.6 million, somewhere in that neighborhood, already there. $6.8. God speaks. Today in Cold Spring, it seems that every family has been in some way impacted by River of Life. When they had a shooting at Cold Spring River of Life, who did they call? They called River of Life and they said, Pastor Kirby, Pastor Denny, please come help us. But we can't step on the ground. No, they didn't say that. They were there immediately. There are very few families that have not been touched by that church. And that church today is one of our leading churches in our district and a leading church in missions giving in our nation, in our fellowship. God has the key to your city, to your prison, to your community, to your culture, to your school, to wherever God calls you. He has the keys. Give him time. Give him an opportunity. If you listen to his voice, he will not lead you astray. God spoke to Joshua to have the priest enter the wall. I hadn't thought of that. Have the priest enter first. The river banks roll. The waters roll back. God says to Joshua, just march around the city. Hadn't thought of that. Seven days, had oh, the walls fall down. God has the keys. God knows what it will take to break your city open. He will speak to us. Listen for his voice, his promise, his timing, his direction, and his prompting. It will come. Along with his promise, I will give you everywhere you set your feet. Verse 5, we're going to land the plane now. In verse 5, there's another promise, so we've got to just mention. There's more in this chapter, but verse 5, God says to Joshua, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, Joshua. Come on, what kind of promises can we walk forward with? What is God going to speak to you from Scripture? What an amazing promise. Even as you read it, we read that people are going to stand against me. Oh, okay. You realize the battle's not going to ever end. It's not going to end. There's a picture of a friend of mine. His name is Carl. Some of you know him. Carl's funeral was just about a week ago. Excuse me, his funeral. He would be wanting to correct me. It was not a funeral. It was a funeral. It was a promotion, a graduation. I watched a dear friend live an amazing life and squeeze every drop out of every day. He served as a children's pastor this state and across the nation in some great churches all across the state and nation. He had a God-given dream to plant a church in Sartell. 
the Waters Church. It wasn't called the Waters back then, but there was a dream that was God-given. He began to plan and prepare and pray. And he spent the next seven years in the hospital. Hmm. He kept pressing forward. He kept hanging on to God's promise, believing that every day he lived, God had purpose for him. In Sartell, he passed what he could on to Pastor Doug. And today, my goodness, there's an incredible church that has planted 10 other churches themselves. And then they've helped us as a district plant churches all across this state and nation. He's part of that dream. God wrote a portion of it in his book as he fought through illness. I'm sure it was a battle, but he did not give up. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. While you still have breath, there is purpose, there is calling on our lives. And he walked out on father after spending three months average a year for seven years in the hospital. In faith, he walked out of the hospital on Father's Day 2014. And he was told he would die. And he lived. He lived. He became our district chaplain. Here's a picture of him two months ago. Still our district chaplain. Teaching on interim training day as we was another part of his calling that he walked into carl kept moving forward and walking in god's promises he brought hope everywhere he went life he walked into hospital rooms knowing that god had put his call upon him he understood what it was like to to lay in a hospital bed month after month and he brought transformation of lives through the name of jesus incredible three years ago he's heard God's voice speaking to him again. And he said, I think, Mark, we'd, I'd like to serve in this thing. Tell me about this interim pastor thing. And he went to three churches in our state. He went to Litchfield. He went to Redwood Falls. He went to Clarkfield. And he poured himself out. God used him to, to prepare for the next pastor who was coming in. We have great churches in those communities in part because God spoke and somebody listened and lived in the promises of God. Crossing the Jordan and winning the battle of Jericho is only the start. We could just, like, get a trophy and put on the wall and stop there. That's not God's plan. God still speaks. God wants to move us forward. Joshua, oh, he had some amazing battles, but that was just the beginning of the next. God wants to help us. And Joshua lost some battles along the way. He lost some soldiers along the way. He lost some supporters along the way. He did gain one thing. He gained some complainers along the way. 
The next is not necessarily going to be any easier than the now. So relax in the now, but just know that God's with you in the now. God's with you as you come to the door threshold of the next. He held on to God's promises, Joshua did, and he moved. God was faithful. God gave Joshua vision. Joshua heard God's voice. Carl heard God's voice. Denny heard God's voice. Carol Jean and Gary heard God's voice. Jarvis and Corey heard God's voice. You have heard God's voice. And you will continue to hear God speak. Calling you to the next. Ministers, one last sentence as God said to Joshua, be bold and courageous because you will lead these people into the land. God has spoken to you. Say yes. We're going to take a moment and uh, turn our attention to the screens and honor some ministers who heard God's voice over 50 years ago. They have been ordained at least 50 years. And six of the eight that we honor are with us today. We are so honored to have you here. Yes. Watch this video as we celebrate in our hearts what God has done. A six-year-old Gordon Anderson was presented with the question, does anyone want to be born again? At a small church in Nebraska in 1952, he raised his hand, went forward to the steel Samsonite folding chair altar, and moved from death to life. He was called into ministry at the age of 20, and after witnessing people raising their hands and speaking in tongues, Gordon spent the next six months studying everything he could about the Holy Spirit until he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit himself. The Andersons served in Colorado and Oregon before moving to Minnesota to teach at North Central University in 1982, then to lead the school as president from 1995 to 2017. Chapel at NCU was consistently the highlight of his ministry there. He and Diane are grateful for the opportunities from the Lord to invest in thousands of young leaders. As a nine-year-old boy, Wes Brooks fully committed his life to Christ at Lake Geneva Bible Camp. Two years later, he and his friends from Sisseton were all baptized in the Holy Spirit at the same camp in the Old Tabernacle. In August 1969, he and his girlfriend Diane attended a powerful Sunday night service. The Holy Spirit impressed on Wes. You've got more to give. You've got your life to give. He and Diane both committed their lives to ministry that night. Wes and Diane later married, and Wes completed his undergraduate degree at North Central University and his master's degree in Brookings, South Dakota. The Brooks planted churches in Brookings, South Dakota, Eden Prairie, Minnesota, and St. Cloud, Minnesota. All were very fruitful ministries. 
Later, Wes and Diane pastored Park Harbor Church in St. Louis Park and currently lead legacy fishing retreats near their home in Walker, Minnesota. In 1968, while attending North Central Bible College, Blaine Houston married his love Darlene. He received his BA in pastoral studies from Trinity Bible College. Children's and youth ministries have been the focus of most of Blaine's ministry. The Houstons traveled as kids and teen camp speakers before developing a children's ministry in Fargo that continues to this day. Those in North Dakota recognized Blaine's leadership and elected him to serve as the Youth and Children's Education Director for the North Dakota District Council of the Assemblies of God. Since then, Blaine and Darlene have served in churches in Montana and Wisconsin, as well as Word of Life Church, Emmanuel Christian Center, Celebration Church, and Rochester Adult and Teen Challenge. Nineteen sixty-one was the pivotal year for fourteen-year-old Vern Lath. He was attending evangelistic meetings in Ashland, Wisconsin. On the first night, Vern pushed away from surrendering to God, but on the second night, he surrendered to Jesus and never turned back. By the third night, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and the fourth night, he was called to be a pastor. Vern later attended and graduated from North Central Bible College in nineteen seventy. Vern and his loving wife, Mary, served as pastors in Walhalla, North Dakota, Park Rapids, Minnesota, and Bemidji, Minnesota. Even after retiring, Vern served in churches in Minnesota as an interim pastor and currently serves as the senior adult pastor at the Waters Church in Sartell, Minnesota. In Vern's words, we thank God for his faithfulness, provision, and the privilege of being in ministry for these many years. Jerry Strandquist was born and raised on a farm outside of Thief River Falls, Minnesota, where his family attended Gospel Tabernacle. While working on the farm as a high schooler, Jerry would pray, God, if there is a better way to make a living than farming, I'm interested. God answered his prayer, and he moved to Minneapolis in 1964 to attend North Central Bible College. Jerry met Kathy Kingswriter in 1965 at a youth rally, and they married after he graduated in 1969. They had three children and three grandchildren during their 52-year marriage. The Strandquists held many ministry assignments beginning with their interning in Little Falls, Minnesota, and ending at Cedar Valley Church where he followed his father-in-law, Arvid Kingswriter, as lead pastor from 1989 to 2015, leaving a legacy of church planting and global leadership. Louis Walton was saved at age 14 after his grandmother brought him to church and explained the way of salvation. It was during a chapel service as a freshman at North Central Bible College that he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In 1963, he and his wife Gloria responded to the great spiritual need they saw in North Minneapolis, starting a church where they have faithfully poured into people's lives for over 50 years. Louis also served as a Northern representative for the National Black Fellowship for 13 years and as presbyter for the Central Twin Cities section for 21 years. In Louis's own words, my ministry role of teaching and preaching holiness has not changed that much over the years. Gloria and I decided early on that we would not let the deeds get us down. Discouragement, depression, disappointments, distraction, defeat, debt, dejection, and dollars. We believe if you pray, you will stay, and if you fast, you will last.
Artwood found salvation in a Baptist church, and at age 14, he was invited to an Assemblies of God youth group. It was there he was baptized in the Holy Spirit and called into ministry at a revival service. After a few years in the military, Art attended North Central University. He married Joyce in 1968 and in 1970 graduated from NCU. Art and Joyce were blessed with two daughters. The Woods served in ministry in Wisconsin and South Dakota before returning to Minnesota where they led Park Rapids Assembly of God from 1991 to 2010. Art was the chaplain of the American Legion for 19 years and a presbyter for the Minnesota District Council for four years. Art and Joyce now live in Moorhead, Minnesota and continue to serve. Their heart for helping others is still beating strong. Awesome. We'd love to just take a moment and have you stand, if you would, as we call your names. I don't know if we have everybody here, but uh, as we call the name, Wes and Diane Brooks, I don't know if they're in the room or not, but I don't see them down front here. Are they here? No. Blaine and Darlene Houston. Beautiful. Vern and Mary Lath. Jerry Strandquist. My pat my pastor for about thirty years in this church. Art and Joycey Woods. All of these are just wonderful ministries. We are so thankful for your leadership, for those who've gone before us, for your faithfulness, your obedience, your perseverance, and that you were some of those who heard God's voice and said yes. So we're following your footsteps. And uh, we're going to pray with some that are going to be ordained that uh, are following your footsteps as well. This time, we're going to uh, introduce you to our ordination candidates. My wife is going to come. Pastor Jim. Superintendent Dean, the following candidates have completed the necessary preparation, examinations, and interviews. They have been approved by the Minnesota District Credentials Committee and also the General Counsel Credentials Committee. So it is with my distinct honor and pleasure to present to you now the following candidates for ordination. Juan Awayo and his wife, Patricia. 
Portia Allen and her husband, Clinton. Brian and Trina Boone, both of them are being ordained today. Zachary Clausen and his wife, Amy. Aaron Corbett. Anthony Cox and his wife, Hannah. Jennifer Dolliger and her husband, John. I'll be your mother just for a minute. Sarah Eichers and her husband, Daniel. Kathy Goggin and her husband, Ronald. <laughs> Bethany Harshbarger and her husband, Joshua. Santos Yasso Ortiz and his wife Sylvia. <laughs> Pamela Johnson and her husband Mark. Micah Keneally and her husband, Josiah. <laughs> Jennifer Kimball Olson. Candace Kindle and her husband Darren. <laughs> Jamie Kinzer and her husband Denny. Patricia Longenecker and her husband, Michael. Yeah. 
Micaiah Melody. Sarah Moore and her husband, Curtis. David Wynn and his wife, Jessica. <laughs> Teresa Olson and her husband, Mark. Anthony Pazillo and his wife, Olivia. Adam Savage. <laughs> Timothy Stromer and his wife Sharon. Jonathan Thomas Jr. and his wife Harmony. John Velzer and his wife, Shannon. just such an honor and blessing to uh, hear your name, see your faces, and know what God is doing in your lives and calling and uh, steps of ordination here today. Elders, I'm going to ask you, if you would, our presbyters to come and take your places facing the candidates. So candidates are going to slip in front of you here on the front row, and then the back row, you're good. Beautiful. There's a whole lot of conversations that could go on here for a while as uh, we, we connect, but we're going to continue. 
ordained ministers, when you received your license to preach, you made vows regarding your commitment to ministry, as those here today have also done. Time and experience, at least two years, and much more for others, have given you deeper insight into all that is involved in the fulfillment of those vows. Yet you have chosen to proceed to this step of ordination. I want to remind you that the privilege and the responsibility of this calling cannot be overemphasized. There will come a day when we as ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ will stand before the one who called us and answer not only for our own personal lives, but also for how we fulfilled that calling. Understanding that the long-lasting, effective ministry that God has called you to springs out of a right relationship with God. In light of that, do you pledge to continue to study, to know God and His ways, and regularly seek and submit all of your life to Him? And understanding that it is God who places each one of us in our churches and our communities, will you seek to live your life and conduct your ministry in such a way that the men and women of any church in any community may learn to understand who God is and what he has done for them. Also fully understanding that moral integrity is essential to all spiritual leadership. Do you pledge to guard your personal life by taking proper time and effort to maintain a healthy, vibrant relationship with God and with others? And for those of you who are married, do you pledge to prioritize your marriage and your family taking time and effort to steward your relationship with your spouse and your children. And understanding that God calls us as his under-shepherds, do you pledge to pattern your ministry life after the example of the good shepherd, Jesus, who lovingly cared for and protected those that he served? If you will heed these charges today, would you please answer with these words, yes, yes, with God's help, I will. As a representative of our Lord, I charge you to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Working to become all that Christ has saved you for and desires you to be, having heard you make your vows, I charge you before God in the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing, preach the word. Be instant, in season, and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge the duties of your ministry. An interesting story is described in the book of 2 Kings we read, and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken away from you. Elisha said, I pray you, let a double portion of your spirit yes. be upon me. In a moment, 
as we're singing together as a body here. A symbolic mantle will be transferred to you from an elder who has been praying specifically for you and for your ministry. It's our prayer. You will have more than a double portion of the ministry of the elder who will be praying for you today. So we're just going to open up our hearts in worship. And uh, as we do that, they would come. We will allow the presbyters during that time to place the mantle on you and pray for you. I'm going to ask our ordained ministers at this time, if you're able, would you please kneel right where you're at and uh, presbyters will step behind you and lay hands on you. If you're close to the edge here, I would come forward and just lean up against it if you'd like. We want to just as a body corporately pray for them today. Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Just extend a hand this way with you and let's believe together, pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for these who you have called unto yourself and you have called unto ministry. Father, they have been faithful, and we acknowledge and we recognize your hand upon them. Not only to save them, but to send them, and you have led them into areas of ministry, and they have been faithful, and we recognize that today, and we lay hands upon them, the, the presbytery and the elders of this district. We just pray, oh God, for a double portion to rest upon these who you have called. Father, we must go further. We must go faster. Lord God, we must be empowered, and only you can do that. So God, we have all done what we can do. So would you come now and just anoint in a, a generous portion, Jesus. God, lead and guide. Jesus, go before. God, continue to show yourself faithful. Jesus, we thank you for the direction you have wrought in the now, and we pray for the next. Jesus, we pray that we would hear your voice. We would respond in obedience, Father, with the power of God flowing through us because you have called us. You have created us. We are surrendered to you, and we are dependent upon you. So we bow, we kneel before you in your presence today. And we just give thanks to the heavens. Yes. Our Heavenly Father, your Son, Jesus Christ, your Spirit which resides within us, we give you praise and glory and honor. The precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can we just express our thanks to the Lord? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Now by the... Authority invested in, me, invested in me as superintendent of the Minnesota District Council of the Assemblies of God. We, the presbyters, proclaim and ordain you as full gospel ministers. The Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of the General Council of the Assemblies of God. To you as newly ordained ministers. 
we say, now may the Lord go before you. May the favor of the Lord your God rest upon you and establish, continue to establish the works of your hands. Amen. Can we just express our thanks to the Lord again for what he has done here? Yes, Lord. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. We're just about on time. Somebody went long this morning, but we're close. We're going to close with this song, and this is our benediction. If you're friends or family of those who are down here, you're welcome to just come and hug a neck or handshake or whatever you're comfortable with. And uh, But come and find your family, your friends, and uh, ordained ministers. We just are so grateful for God's call in your life and that you said yes. So thank you for your obedience. We applaud you as we applaud the Lord. We give him praise and thanks. Lead us.